Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you here with us, whether you're with us in the building or if you're watching at home online in the comfort of your pajamas. Uh, you are very welcome uh, to Derry Volga this morning on this third Sunday of Easter. As we begin our worship this morning, a sentence of scripture from John chapter 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let us pray. Loving Lord, your ears and your eyes are open to our needs. Help us to worship you this morning with open hearts and minds. A collect of today. Almighty Father, who in your great mercy gladdened the disciples with the sight of the risen Lord, give us such knowledge of his presence with us that we may be strengthened and sustained by his risen life and serve you continually in righteousness and truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In worship we come to the one who offers us peace and rest. We come to a time in our service of confession and we believe in a God who doesn't miss a thing, who sees every single aspect of our lives. And so we bring to mind the things that we have done that we shouldn't have or things that perhaps we have left undone that we should have. So we confess together saying, Lord God, Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done wrong in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our appointed psalm for this morning is Psalm 4. Now Psalm 4 is all about the victories of sinners being a temporary thing, but only real repentance leads to true happiness. So as we've just confessed and we've repented, let's call to mind as we say these words that only repentance can lead to true happiness. We'll say this in alternate verse. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin when you are on your beds. 
search our hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Good morning. Uh, grace to be here uh, this morning and to join you, whether you're here or indeed um, online. Um, I have an object with me today. I'm not sure if you are able to see it um, from the back uh, or not, or if you can work out what it might uh, be. Uh, it may well be that those here online have a, a better close-up than some of them sitting here. Does anybody know what this might be? Cyril? A Wi-Fi extender. Round of applause for Cyril Herdman. Well done. Unfortunately, there's no sweets as prizes today. So, <laughs> a Wi-Fi extender. So this is the idea that if your Wi-Fi doesn't stretch from the hub in your room to the room that you want it in, you stick this in it, and it's supposed to pick up the signal and strengthen it. And if that doesn't work, it's got wee antennas that you can stick up uh, as well to make it work um, even more. And then, by, as if by magic, everything is supposed to be um, okay in the room that you're in. You're supposed to be fully connected to the rest uh, of the world. Now, it doesn't work at the minute because it's not plugged in. If I plugged it in in my house, it should work. I wonder, is there a lesson from this today? How do we extend our connection to God? First of all, we need to be plugged in to Him. And then we carry His presence with us into our homes, our streets, our workplaces, our schools, and into our community. We let his connection to the whole, we let our connection to him connect him to the rest of the world. One day this morning, me included, do we need to be plugged in a wee bit more? Let's pray. Father God, help us to understand, to see our connection with you. Lord, by your Spirit, show us how strong that connection is. Show us where we can strengthen that connection. And by your grace, give us the strength and the patience to do it. That we might share with the rest of the world who you are, and what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're going to hear God's word read to us. Today's reading is from Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab, the man's name was Elimelech, the wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. 
they married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilium died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Thank you to Karen uh, for reading that for us um, today. We begin a new series um, for the next number of weeks um, called The Best is Yet to Come. Um, it's the story of Ruth. Uh, Ruth is a very uh, short book um, in the Old Testament um, and comes um, set uh, in the early days uh, of the story of God's people, uh, if you like. But it's a fantastic little book, um, actually. There's so much um, to learn in it. Um, now, as you heard uh, from Karen today, it may seem like a strange place um, to start um, because the book of Ruth opens with disaster. It's as if the world around her has fallen apart. In fact, her world has fallen apart. Disaster strikes and she finds herself in a very difficult place. And so, it seems in one sense a very, very strange place to start, a story that is filled with so much hope, that it starts with so much disaster. You see, the best is yet to come because in these first five verses, we see, listen to some of it again. There was a famine in the land. And then a man from Bethlehem in Judah together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. They went on a journey. They left their homes, and they went to a completely new place. They had two sons. And shortly after they arrived in that place, Naomi's husband and her two sons both died. And so, finding herself in a new place surrounded by new people, surrounded by the hardships of a famine and the long journey that they had made, disaster now strikes around her where she loses those people who are the closest to her. All of them within a short space of time. Grief and loneliness is something that compounds each one of us at some stage in our life. It is something that will visit every single one of our doors. And so this story of Ruth beginning with this may seem initially as if disaster has completely struck her and that her world and everything that she has known around her has fallen apart, but actually it's a place where we can relate to so much. <laughs> we find ourselves being able to relate to this lady called Naomi, and in a few verses later, her daughter-in-law called Ruth. But the backdrop, the backdrop to this story is found at the end of the book of Judges. Now, the book of Judges is all about a time in Israel's life, the people, the people of God's life and journey. Whenever there was no king, they yet had not established a king because they saw Yahweh, the Lord, as the one who ruled over them. They didn't need a king like other nations needed kings to rule over them because they had their God who was their ruler. 
And so at certain times they fell away from God uh, dramatically and disastrously. Uh, and in the life of God's people, he would have raised up what was called a judge, an individual who, who came to the fore for a particular generation and led them in the disaster that they found themselves in back to God. And they would have stayed close to God for that generation because it would have been in living memory. And then as that generation passed and they moved to another generation, the closeness to God would have failed again. And so after a number of years or decades, God would have raised up another judge. And so the book of Judges is all about these individuals who have been raised up. And it's right the way through the book of Judges, the phrase that is continually said is, yet again, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so the backdrop to the story of Ruth can be found in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, which is the last verse of that part of Israel's story. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit. Everybody done whatever they wanted to do. It was quite a narcissistic society. It was a society that was all about me. It was a society where it's my rights, it's my way, not yours. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> God's word is living and active, and it speaks into our situation today. See, this story of Ruth is both a delight to read and a challenge to live by. It's a delight to read and a challenge to live by. It's one of ordinary people, an ordinary family facing the everyday events that you and I experience in our lifetime. Grief and sadness compound this family, yet Ruth remains faithful. And in one sense, Yes, Naomi was, everything fell away from around her, as we've just said. But yet, in the middle of that, in those short five verses, the one thing that doesn't scream or jump out is the fact that her two sons had married and she had two daughter-in-laws who she now was becoming close to. So there must have been moments of joy in the midst of the sadness as well. And in a few weeks, we'll see that Ruth remains faithful to her mother-in-law. Even whenever she transitions back, Naomi goes back to her country, to her people. Ruth goes with her. And despite of all the challenges that that brings for Ruth, she begins to thrive in that place. And so this story is one of hope. It's a story that says the best is yet to come because there is so much more with God that we have not experienced yet. And at the heart of this story, the heart of this story of Ruth is the providence of God. Providence, his faithfulness, his unending love and care for his people. His providence, his hand being upon her, protecting her, holding her, strengthening her, even whenever the hardness of life hits her, his hand is steadying her. She is able to lean in to God. Because it's not 
the circumstances around her that defines Ruth. And it's not the circumstances around you that define you. But often, preacher included, we allow them to. But often it's how we react to them. The small choices and decisions that we'll see next week, the small choices and decisions that we make in the everyday that define who we are and who we become. So whenever we think of Ruth, and if you've heard anything taught about the book of Ruth before, normally it jumps almost straight away to chapter 1 and verse 16, which we'll touch uh, next week. And it says, but Ruth replied, as never Naomi says, look, um, you can go back, I'm going to go back to my own home, my own people. And Ruth and Ophrah, you can stay with your people. And Ruth says, replies Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And that's often the bit that the, the preacher hooks into, if you like, from this whole book. Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God, Ruth says. But I, I'm going to take that a step back this morning and say this. For Ruth to have said that to Naomi, Naomi's faith, her trust in the eternal God must have been so strong and bright, attractive, that Ruth wanted to have what Naomi had. See, Naomi features heavily in these first couple of chapters. There is only four, but she features heavily in the first couple of chapters especially. She lost her husband and her sons. She's already lost her community because they've went from that journey. And rather cling on to what she knew, that's her daughter-in-law's. Remember, they're the only consistency left in her life now. Naomi was willing to let them go for their sake so that they could flourish in their place. But her faith must have been so attractive to Ruth that Ruth wanted to have what Naomi had. Is your faith in God attractive? What do others see whenever they look into your life? My life, preachers included at this point, most definitely. How well connected, as we heard earlier, are we to God in order that we can share and show Him to the world around us? I don't know if you've ever tried to uh, read um, the Bible from cover to cover, if you like, or read all the way through it. And in many conversations with people who say they have tried that, the, the place that sometimes they feel that they fall is the places where it's just long lists of names. 
so-and-so begat so-and-so and so-and-so had so-and-so and so-and-so had so-and-so and then so-and-so had so-and-so and so-and-so had so-and-so and, and it goes on for almost chapter after chapter after chapter. And sometimes there's a tendency to almost kind of go, and we'll skip those bits. But names in this context are so important. Your name was your identity. Your name was your legacy. Your name was your heritage and where you'd come from. And in today's world, we've lost that a little bit, probably. And so actually in these first five verses of chapter one, whenever uh, there are so many names, uh, and well done to Karen for pronouncing them, whenever there are so many names, we'll see that at the end of the book of Ruth as well. The names list begins, that's actually the book of Ruth starts with a list of names and finishes with a list of names. And that's really important because there's a legacy in there. There's a heritage in there. And even as we'll see in the midst of this story of Ruth, Ruth doesn't realize the legacy that she's leaving. But as you read the last verses in the book of Ruth, you will see that Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David. And so Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David. From the lineage of her comes one of the greatest kings that the Scriptures have ever known. And from the lineage of King David comes an even greater king, Jesus. And so Ruth's story, her legacy that she didn't even realize she was building and leaving, affects you and I today because we come to worship one of her descendants. Scripture is living and active and speaks into our lives today. See, as we journey with Ruth, Let's be expectant that God will use her story to influence your story. Let's be expectant that her story will influence our story. And this story today begins with a lady whose faith is so attractive that Ruth wants to stay with her and glean from her. How is your story being attractive for others today? Let's pray. Father, help us to see that our connection with you is more than simply showing you to other people. Our connection to you leaves a legacy that we cannot see in this moment. That your providence, your faithfulness is working something out in our lives individually and corporately as a parish that we necessarily can't see at the moment, 
but that we know that your hand is upon. So help us to fulfill our part in our faithfulness and ensuring that our connection with you is as good as it can be in order that what we do and say will be attractive and point all the glory and all the honour to the one who deserves it, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. We continue in prayer. Lord, who understands our every need, we adore you for stilling our turmoil, for being the calm in the storm, our anchor in the deep, and the safe port always awaiting us. Lord God, who has called us to faith, in faith we pray for the needs of others. Whose Son, Jesus Christ, understood people's fear and pain before they spoke of them. We pray for those in hospital. Surround the frightened with your tenderness. Give strength to those in pain. Hold the weak in your arms of love. And give hope and patience to those who are recovering. Loving God, you told, your son told his disciples to become like little children. Lead us to work for the welfare and protection of all young people. We especially remember those involved in our children's ministry, DVK, those in our youth ministry, DVY, and local schools around our parish. May we respect their dignity, that they may flourish in life, following the example of the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. God of compassion, your love for humanity was revealed in Jesus, whose earthly life began in the poverty of a stable and ended in the pain and isolation of the cross. We hold before you now those who are homeless and cold. Draw near and comfort them in spirit and bless those who work to provide them with shelter, food and friendship. Lord of life, you said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We bring in our prayers this morning all those who are mourning the loss of a loved one. We especially remember the family of the Reverend John Anderson, rector of Billy and Derry Keegan in our diocese. Cover his family and all those who grieve with your great love. Give them your comfort and rest to their weary hearts, and grant their minds restful sleep. Lord, lift their eyes to you, 
so that they may catch a glimpse of eternity and be comforted by your promise of heaven. May they know the hope of your promises and the comfort of your love. As the global COVID-19 death toll passes three million people, we pray for all who have suffered the effects of COVID-19. For those who grieve the loss of a loved one. For those whose jobs and livelihood have been affected. For those who are still suffering the effects of having the disease. Lord, we uphold each of them to you. We pray for each and every person this week who awaits a COVID-19 test result. We pray for those who will test positive, that you will be their comfort and their guide, their rock and their refuge, their hope in a time that seems hopeless. As our lockdown in Northern Ireland begins to ease, we pray for those with anxiety, for those that are cautious of opening that front door. Lord, we pray that you guide them. We pray that you, they would know that your presence is with them always, that you are their protector, their safe place the one in whom we put our trust. For ourselves, Lord, we pray that our ears may be used to hear the cries of the needy, that our eyes may be used to see the needs of those around us, that our voices may be used to speak up for the marginalised and the poor, that our hands may be used to reach out in comfort, and that our lives may be used to improve the lives of others. We say together the prayer that our Father once taught us, saying, Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As we draw our service to a close this morning, there are just a few little announcements of things coming up this week. Our life groups are back on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock where we'll be taking uh, the passage from today's sermon, we'll be taking that a little bit deeper uh, and having more of a discussion in smaller groups. If you would like to be a part of that, the door is always open um, and just send us a little email and we will get you a link for Zoom uh, for us to have that conversation. Our Children's Ministry DVK is back this Friday at half six. Again, if you need a link for that, just let us know. Uh, but a little message will be going out to parents uh, today. 
and our youth ministry started back on Friday night but we'll be back again on Friday the 30th at 8 o'clock where we'll be continuing our series in Youth Alpha. You've heard us over the past number of weeks mentioning Easter Vestry. Easter Vestry is happening around Easter this time uh, and so it'll be meeting on the 25th of April straight after uh, the service. Uh, you're more than welcome to attend that. You may have seen a lot of people wearing these this morning. We had got some of our Dairy Vogue masks printed and they had gone rather quickly than expected. We have some more in order and you'll be glad to know in a couple of different colours. Uh, they should hopefully be here um, next Sunday. So if you would like one of those and you haven't yet got one, uh, they'll be here next Sunday at the suggested donation of £3.50. And all the proceeds of that go towards paying for the masks, but also into parish funds. Online giving uh, is still open if you're at home and haven't been in person yet and would like to give to the work of our ministry here in Derry Volge. You can find that on the resources section of our website. But also if you're in church this morning, there is our free will offering basket. But as we go this morning, a blessing, the ironic blessing, which is found in the book of Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.